KBU Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of KBU at the Clinton screening of Romeo is Bleeding on Thursday, November 9th at 7 p.m. at the Clinton Street Theater in Portland. Romeo is Bleeding is a documentary that follows Dante Clark, a young poet transcending the violence in his hometown of Richmond, California, by writing about his experiences. Dante and the like-minded youth of the city mount an urban adaptation of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet with the hope of starting a dialogue about violence in the city. PDX Poetic Justice's John Slaughter and his group of poets will be reading some of their works before the screening. Again, that's Kate at the Clinton screening of Romeo is Bleeding on Thursday, November 9th at 7 p.m. at the Clinton Street Theater, 2522 Southeast Clinton Street in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. Good evening. It's 10 o'clock and Poetic Justice is back. This is KBOO Portland. And I am your host, Taria Autry, and this is KBOO Portland. If you want more information about KWOO, you can always visit them online at www.kboo.fm. Thanks so much for tuning in and checking out the show. It's always a pleasure to have you here listening. First and foremost, uh, Sister Hellstorm, I just want to thank you so much for agreeing to take some time out and do this interview with me and appear on KBOO Portland. Uh, it's such a pleasure to have you on the air on Poetic License. And for the people out there who haven't heard of your work, now this show is, you know, it's a Portland-based radio station, so I just want to tell my listening audience, if you haven't heard of Sister Hailstorm, I'm going to need you to work on that and do your homework. And I'm really glad to get to introduce her to you. And for those of you who have heard, you already know how lucky we are to have her on air with us tonight. So Sister Hellstorm, tell us a little about the art you do and how you got started. Well, uh, I'm a, I like to call myself a concrete indigenous MC. Um, I like to create music that is lively and upbeat, but also promotes preservation and the balance of our our culture, our people, and our land, and not even just the culture of the Native culture, but the culture within hip-hop itself. I feel it's important for us to use that as an educational tool, um, as also a therapeutic tool for our people that live in the urban cities, especially urban Natives, um, giving ourselves a voice to speak about the things that we got going on in our communities and our surrounding communities and what we're building to restore the balance within our communities. By that, I also feel like it gives us identity of who we are as individuals, but also who we are as a whole. So for me as an MC, that's what I do. I'm a concrete indigenous MC. I like to give you that lively underground boom bap feel with a little bit of that 95 live type feel to it, give you that little, you know, far side type vibe. I also am a traditional singer. I sing traditional native music. Um, I'm also a martial artist. I'm a professional martial artist. I've been fighting for the past over seven years and been training for over 13. I received my black belt in 21st century martial arts under Sensei Gregory C. Lewis out in Seattle. Uh, respect to you, Sensei Os, um, for everything you've taught me. But I received my black belt under him after seven years. And I've continued to train from there on. I went into CI Paulista Jiu Jitsu, combat Jiu Jitsu under my Sensei Tupper Russell Brown. Um, and I've been working with him where I received my blue belt under and continue to to enhance my levels there and, and my skill. For me, it's just about creating love of self and creating love for our people through the arts and through ways that have been promoted and passed down by our generations. Um, it's important for us to outsource 
with other communities, with other races, not just within the Native community and Native nations, but beyond that with the African-American community, with the Asian community, and beyond basically indigenous people all across the world because we all have something in common and we all have similar struggles and we all have ways on resolving and creating resolutions to those struggles within our families, within our communities. Um, so that, that's what I do. I started out as, as a graph artist before I started emceeing. And, you know, unfortunately, society doesn't look at graffiti art the same way we look at graffiti art as the younger generation, as a more therapeutic self-expression, self of love. And so I had to recreate my graph into another source. And that's when I started going into recording music and production um, I started off freestyling and was really mic shy until I was forced into it. <laughs> and uh, once I once I started, I, I just couldn't stop. You know, I feel it's important for our voices to be heard. And that was one way that I found my voice was heard. And so I continued through that. I made various uh, trips around the world from Africa. I was out in Rwanda. I was out in Uganda. Um, I taught at a refugee camp up in Uganda, performed in Kampala, performed at the University of Rwanda, worked with the survive, survivors of the genocide, and did cultural exchange work on how our colonizations within our countries and our continents and also the history of our people's um, oppression and uprising, how we had connection there and how we as indigenous people found ways to express and tell our stories of our ancestors and our fallen warriors that can no longer have their voice heard and how we were going to carry on their legacies and their their stories and traditions and then from there you know the physical aspect is i trained i feel for us to be healthy as a whole we got to have mind body and soul and Absolutely. healthy living within our communities the way we eat what we drink how we speak, how we interact with each other. These are all things that affect us in our daily living. So for me to be the utmost um, invested and dedicated to healthy living, I chose to go into the physical portion of that. And that was through my martial arts training, internal meditation and uh, spirituality, prayer. And then of course, you know, the, the physical athletic aspect of it all is to have the dedication to continue training and going through the seven days a week, two times a day at the gym, training with multiple coaches, and basically just pulling knowledge and philosophy from all kinds of different ways of martial arts, whether it be Shigaisen, whether it be Jiu-Jitsu, um, Muay Thai, traditional boxing. I have a background in Shigaisen, Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, traditional American boxing, and Judo. Um, I've studied uh, Kung Fu, Southern Kung Fu in the beginning before I got into everything else. And that was just more so for the internal uh, philosophies and spirituality part of uh, understanding and disciplines of martial arts. And nice. so, yeah, I went on and on from there and try to do as much as I can do without stopping. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, wow, on top of everything else, you know, yeah. that's as um, it's amazing. I just got back from Florida. My sister and her children were there for the international um, Taekwondo competitions and nice. she has four children and their ages are like four to maybe 11 I think or 12 and well the four-year-old is a yellow belt but the older three are green belts so they've been nice. they've been putting in work and yeah it, it was cool to see them you know they were uh, doing weapons and uh, form and barring and you could just tell like there's something that that gives people that I think whether it's martial arts or just running just being physically yes. active I think there's something really powerful in that you know like you said that kind of mind body spirit connection we can't just be academic or you know just focus on one thing it's to be a well-rounded individual is a really important thing especially in this world we live in because the struggle is real yes it is, is real. yes it is you know what even with the physical aspect of it, it it creates the ability to focus in all those Absolutely. other areas the ability to wake up lively and know that if something of a hardship hits you during the day 
you're able to really work through that and say, okay, you know what, I can get through this. Mm -hmm. There's a state of mind that it creates. There's a discipline. It it also teaches our youth self-love and self-care, and I feel which is really important for them to identify who they are. And a lot of times our youth have lost connection to their cultural backgrounds and where they come from. And, you know, as we all have experienced our own influences in our communities, you know, we were all young at one time. You know, we all wanted to go around and and do things that we probably shouldn't have been doing, you know. Definitely. But, But at some point we get older and we either fall into the same patterns or we're able to create a new pathway for ourselves. And for me, um... Working in the juvenile system, I was a drug and alcohol counselor with at-risk youth in Washington for over seven years, and I worked in and out of the system, and that was one of my main sources was giving them a piece of art, giving them something that they were interested in because... You know, there, there's always that point in time where we don't care about anything. We're not interested in anything. We're like, no, nah, I don't like doing that. No, I don't like that. But when it's something they actually really do like, it gives them a discipline. And for a lot of my youth that had um, like anger issues and were involved in gangs, especially my boys, I took them to learn boxing. You know, I took them uh, and showed them a discipline where they can use their strength and their physical power without getting in trouble, but also create a self-awareness for themselves, a self-love. And at the end of the session, they realized like, damn, that was freaking hard. You know, that shit was hard, but I did it and I loved it. And they always came back for more. And the more I seen my students come back, the more I seen their mind opening up Mm -hmm. to different ways of living, to eating healthy, to say, hey, man, instead of going getting those Cheetos, how about let's go get a salad? Mm -hmm. A lot of times I take them to go get a smoothie after working out for an hour session and they never had a smoothie. They've never had like fruit and vegetables, you know, and and they were so amazed of how good it was. And I would tell them like, hey, this is the things that that you can do to keep yourself healthy. And nowadays in society, everyone wants instant gratification. That's so true. And that's where drugs and alcohol come in play. And when they started to realize that they can feel a natural high and feel good about themselves and enjoy something without having to be completely stoned or mm-hmm. on anything else, it it gave them a self-confidence and a self-esteem and an empowerment that I've never seen in them before. And that was something that inspired me to, to continue doing what I was doing because uh, I never had that. Now, how, you know? how long have you been doing youth work? Um, I've been doing youth work for over 12 years now. Um, I started off with just, you know, community organizations and going and getting involved and, you know, trying to help out at events. And then I started speaking on panels and I would I would uh, go and perform for free, started doing uh, shows at, at uh, schools, elementaries, middle schools, high schools, going into their like assemblies and doing events for them there. Um, and then it just I got an opportunity to take that into a career path. And um, that was something that I. If you would have asked me 15 years ago if I would be in and out of the jail system, you know, talking to youth about getting clean and and doing something better with themselves, I probably would have said, man, uh, that might be me in there, you know, and it gave me an opportunity to use my experiences as a young native in the city and the things that I went through growing up with the type of family that I went through, back to the community and turning it into a positive. Um, too many times, I think, our people are encouraged to use their negative as a downfall. For me, that was something that empowered me. I did come from that those places. I did come from that type of family, and I survived. And I wanted the youth to know that they don't have to use everything negative in their life as a dwelling Mm -hmm. and use it more so as an inspiration for this is why you have an advantage over other people. A lot of times in the jail system, I would speak to them about, um, you know, okay, you, you like to steal cars. You know, you like to steal cars, but hey, you get arrested over and over for stealing cars. Why don't you get a job in the car industry? selling cars or fixing cars you like to steal radials why not get a job doing something where you have to install radials you break in houses res res burglary why not uh instead of going and doing a res burglary why not go and work as a locksmith 
right. finding something that they already have a knowledge of and mm-hmm. experience of and legitimizing that for them. You know, you're so dope. You're good with numbers, aren't you? You're good with money. A lot of people you don't know go to business school to be good at those things, but you're naturally good at it. Let's legitimize that. How can we create a career? How can we create something out of something that's looked at negative wise? And that in itself, I felt was like the power and the beauty of outreach and working with our youth. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, this, like this Northwest Circle, I mean, I'm in North Carolina now, but mm-hmm. when I think of all the artists and like folks that I know in the Northwest, so many similar stories. Like all of us would say, man, when I was a kid, whatever yeah. degree of trouble, I was finding yeah. it. Um, if you had asked me if I was going to be working with youth, I would have been like, probably not. And so many of us, you know, we're doing it. And I think, you know, like you said, it's that thing where we know what was rough for us and we want to help, you know, young people avoid some of those pitfalls and mm-hmm. and have the things we didn't have. Like, I feel like young yeah. people potentially have so much access technology wise to things mm-hmm. that. You know, if you wanted to be a, like, I wanted to be a filmmaker when I was in high school, but you know, you couldn't just use your phone and actually get yes. high resolution <laughs> film. You know, you had to have, uh-huh. you know, it was like VHS and like, or actual uh-huh. film. It wasn't really accessible. So I think there's this way that young people can access so many things and use their gifts in all these different ways. And so I love seeing how many of us as artists really take that time to use our skills and what we've learned to mentor you know, the young people. And I know some people will be like, oh, well, isn't that your competition? It's like, no, man, I need them to find their path. Like I need them to be successful. Like our individual success isn't detrimental to someone else's success. Like we can all be successful. It's a hard job. It's, it's something that people don't understand. Like it's, it was a very emotional and mentally straining job for me. I literally, I lost some and I want some. Mm -hmm. And the ones I lost, it was a painful loss. To lose a kid that you've been working with since they were a young teenager, and now you're seeing them at 18, 19, 20, and they die from an overdose. Mm. Or they're hitting the right path, and they're doing the right things, and then they get murdered. These are things that are day-to-days in this type of work, and it's not always rewarding. You know, it's rewarding in the self of knowing that we did something fulfilling, um, but it's very draining. There's a lot of self-care for us that needs to happen when we do this type of work. There was days where I was I was drained. I was like, how, what do I do now? How am I going to help this person? You know, you pick them up off the street. You Even if it's harm reduction, if it's me showing them where to get clean needles versus them using dirty needles and possibly catching hepatitis and AIDS, then I'm going to teach them how to be safer. If they're not ready to change, they're not ready to change. And that's the reality of our work is we have to have patience because some people aren't ready for that dramatic change. It's, It's very drastic for youth. You know, something so simple in our world as an adult means everything to them as an adolescent and so for me it was a it was definitely keeping myself healthy in order to keep them healthy mentally physically whatever way that I could but it's it's a very difficult job and for the people out there doing it and the local artists that are inspiring and building programs and encouraging the community and state to support those programs that's what's important because nowadays there's so many budget cuts and they just want to get rid of things just to save a few dollars and they don't realize those few dollars is a a debt in hundreds of kids lives in our community it might be a few dollars to the top of the state but it means the world to us who are at the at the front lines at the bottom of the of the grassroots doing everything we can to be positive products of our society you know, and I think, and if for me, it was also kind of a, a slap in the face for, for the people that thought of me as only a troublemaker, and I would always be a troublemaker, and I would never make it out because my family was that way, and that was that way for generations, and it's like, hey, I did make it out. 
mm-hmm. and I'm not strung out on drugs and I promote healthy living and I will do whatever it takes to show that we do have a healthy community within the plague that infests our communities. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's really powerful, right? Like how to be a role model, right? And how to show what is possible when, mm-hmm. you know, hope is so important and people have to see it and bear witness to possibility oftentimes to really know that it's something that is accessible for them as well. Seattle. So, yeah. are you are you from that region? Like, tell me a little I'm, bit about where I'm you're from. Uh, born and raised in LA, but I was up in Seattle for 15 years. Um, Seattle's like my second home. I love the Northwest. I just recently moved down to California again, um, just because I had been gone for so long. I I lost a lot of family members and friends along the way being out there and. Um, you know, one of them was my father. And after losing my father, which was probably one of the hardest losses, you know, when someone loses a parent, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, you can't put it into words that the pain you go through and the emotions you go through. And at that point in time, I knew I had to make my way home at some point. I wanted to 
basically everything that I had created and been so successful in, in Washington, in the Northwest. I love the Northwest. It's a beautiful community. You know, there's always coming from California and, and being a, a SoCal girl, there's always the likes and dislikes of, of yeah. being in the Northwest. But ultimately, that's my second home and everyone up there. I have a lot of beautiful family. We just, I wanted to bring that here. I wanted to bring what I had did there and and do it here in, in Southern California and bring it to my communities and get back in connection with my brothers and sisters here that had been doing so much, you know, because wherever, whatever big urban city you go to or just any city or environment you go to, you're going to find a core group of people that want better for their people. Absolutely. And I'm fortunate enough to say that I have a lot of bridges across Turtle Island of people that want better for our people and our country. And um, that, you know, a lot of the patriotism for me is investing in your people, investing in what makes your country. Mm-hmm. And what makes this country is indigenous people and young people and women and mothers and community and education and finding whatever it is that we need to do in order to make ourselves a positive aspect coming from all the negative you know it was it's hard because we still get as educators and as counselors and as therapists and you know all the good we do we still get profiled there was days where I had just got back from dropping off my youth at school at treatment and I got pulled over by police and stopped and harassed and said, hey, you just committed a res burglary down the block. And I'm like, like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm like, there's no, like, no, I didn't. But so that those are things that we're going to have to continue to go through because not everyone thinks the way me and you think and the way the rest of our friends think. You know, there's a... There's that battle there of light and dark that's always existed and it will always exist, but it's how we react to it that I feel is important. How do we respond to that when it happens? Mm -hmm. What project are you working on now? Um, Right now I have uh, The Adventures of She-Ra Flows. We released the album, which was the Internia album. I don't know if you can see it now, but is uh, this album here. This is the EP to it all. Um, Basically... It's the She-Ra Flows is like the alias alter ego of Sister Hailstorm. She's the more raw, gritty. I'm going to tell you just how it is. No censors. Still got the political feel to it, but it brings a lot of that raw, urban, like, boom bap feel. Where, like, hey, this song is going to be about having fun and about the reality of having fun. Hey, this song is going to be about a love song, <laughs> but it's got a little bit of gritty to it you know mm-hmm. I try to I try to um, bring different routes to my music not just stay in one box but expand and I feel that's the, the best thing for diff- for artists is to expand don't contain yourself so with this album I really expanded I experimented in my sound I experimented in the sound of production that I was using and I recorded everything in my own studio I didn't go I didn't outsource uh, the only outsource was for the mastering and uh, the main mixing, but that was done by uh, in-house by our uh, record label that I'm signed to. But everything else was recorded by me. All my songs are written by me, um, and some of the production was uh, influenced by things that I wanted to hear within my album. Um, so yeah, it creates a story. And She-Ra Flows is kind of like a, co- a comic character. Okay. She's a native urban superhero so when we release the full album we're going to release a a few of them or a press of them that's just going to be the album and then eventually we're going to add in the comic book to it where it's like she-ra flows against capitalism type of type of feel so it'll go through different pages and sections of her waking up and having a fight through the struggles and illness of our society and then at the end of the route she's at a show rocking and everyone's you know, everyone's there filling the medicine, filling the live music and the vibe. I love it. So you said you mentioned that you're doing, you know, you're producing, you know, you're, you're obviously you're doing the writing. How long have you been producing your own music and doing your own recording? Um, I've been recording my own music for, I'd say, over six years now. 
And as far as production, I've been involved with the production of my music since the beginning. But as far as getting actually being the one producing the music and, and beat and sound to it, I've been doing that probably for the past five, four to five years now of actually being like the main source of where that production comes from. Um, and a lot of that has to, you know, big shout out to DJ Eardrums, the Metronome, and Pro C, Pro Creation, um, all my Northwest family. You know, they inspired me. They taught me a lot. And, uh, you know, they were the reason how and why I got into even being part of the production piece. Because it's easy to vocal, be vocalized. It's different when you have that sound in your head and only you can create that sound. You can explain it to your homies, but they might not get exactly what you want. In order to get that exact sound, you have to be a creator of it. You have to be able to go hands-on and do that. And, and for me, it was important being a woman mm -hmm. and an indigenous woman to create that because we don't see a lot of that. You know, We don't see women producers a lot anyhow. They are out there and they exist, but we don't see them out in the light. And we don't see a lot of the writing being done by women either. You know, if you look at the artists nowadays, a lot of the writing is coming from male artists or a, a male source. And I feel for us to really bring the power and the beauty of our womanhood and the existence of our womanhood, we have to start going hands on and bring it forefront. Like, this is who we are. I'm not a femc. I'm an MC. I, I, I hate that phrase. That yeah. drives me nuts. I'm like, what are you talking yeah. about? Because it's not <laughs> even a gendered. It's master of ceremonies, right? Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no gender exactly. in that. Like, why? Why do I have to be a femc? Because that just doesn't even sound. It's like a fembot or something. It just doesn't yeah, sound exactly. right at all. And it, you know, I'm I'm a woman, but I'm not really feminine. So even then, it's just like I feel like we shouldn't have to narrow what we are as artists, women artists into what makes men comfortable for sure you know like for me agree. it's like i'm an mc man i'm, I'm equal to you mm -hmm. you chop bars i chop bars you know what i'm saying you hit a punching bag shit i hit a punching <laughs> bag you know like that's what inspires me is just i feel we need to create examples of strong women and that's why i got into being a professional athlete that's why i got into counseling that's why i got into music not just the main source, but just the, it's a big part of my existence is creating that example that they are beautiful, educated, well-rounded, spiritual, cultured women out there that are doing big things such as yourself, you know, Thanks. to be a host of a show. It's a big thing. And I admire that. And I honor you for that. I honor you for bringing that to the surface because you know, some of the big women that are doing radio shows out there, a lot of them are subjectified to what the men want them to be and how they want them to be as a host. Mm -hmm. And for me, that just takes away the whole beauty of you being a radio, a woman radio host. Yeah. You know, it's create that power and, and do for you yeah. want. You know? and, I, and I think we have that in common, too, because I'm very much a... I'll do it myself. Like, okay, this yeah. is how I want. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I self-published um, my book of poetry. Uh, oh, I, I got a director for my one-woman show because you got it, you know, it was important. Mm -hmm. And he was awesome. And, but, uh, you know, I was writing it, like, so much of it. I was like, this is how I want to represent myself. And so, you know, people have always asked me, well, you know, how come you haven't done a CD or how come you haven't done this? And it's like, because I know what I want and if I... I can't get that from other people, then it's not the right time. Mm -hmm. Or I had to figure it out, like how to do it my way, because I don't mm -hmm. want someone to try to censor me or put me in a box. I see, you know, all these women performers and not, no disrespect to their talent. Like, you know, that's, you know, do you, I'm like all mm -hmm. about, you know, Hey, do what works for you. But if someone was like, well, you have to wear this or you have to lose 10 pounds or, yeah. you know, or if I want to lose 10 pounds, cool. But I don't want anyone telling me, like yeah. what I have to do, like <laughs> yeah, I, basically. And, you know what? And, it, and it goes the same thing too for like uh, the gay, the upcoming like gay artists. You, they're still being subjectified. They want them to be and look a certain way. Oh, you're gay. You're a dyke. Okay, you're, you know. And and for me, it's like calling me a dyke is belittling mm -hmm. me as a two spirited woman. You know, but even that, like the picture of oh, this is what a gay woman needs to look like. 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, needs to be really butch or needs to be really feminine, and the feminines want to be with really the only true feminines, and it's just, it's just... It's a lot, right? It's confusing, and it's subjectifying, and I feel like it takes away from just the freedom of being proud and being who you are, and I get it, you know, TV shows and, and big radio shows, they have their policies, but I also feel if you're a true artist and you're true to yourself, you're not going to let anyone take away what you are, how you are, how you speak, what you dress like, what you look like, that that shouldn't be a factor in how dope your art is and how educated you are and just what you put out, how how powerful it is. It shouldn't be a factor in that. What are a couple of your, in, I know it changes over time, but if you were uh-huh. gonna answer this question today, what are a couple of like your your favorite songs that you've done? Oh man, so I'd say uh, one of my favorites was Rise and Decolonize with me and Julie C. Um, and the production was uh, done by my boy Rockin' Rip out in Philly. That was his beat. Um, but it, the whole song came out in a time where like the word decolonize was coming real big. Everyone wanted to decolonize. But at the same time, it's like, how can you decolonize if everything you do is colonized? Yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like there's a there is a big misconstrued perception on what decolonization was. And so when that came out, um, me and Julie created this song about rise and decolonize, and it was really about the true pathway for us of decolonization and um, what it meant and how we were going to do it. And so that was our aim and our take on that. Another big one was Womb to the Tomb. Womb to the Tomb uh, was featured on my first album. Um, it was all written by me, and it was basically talking about all my family and friends that had committed suicide and had been murdered. And um, and it was basically talking about the rebirth of, of death and, and how it creates life again. And, um, you know, from the womb to the tomb, you know, everything comes in full circle. So it was a story about my friends and family that are now angels looking down and um, how they came in a full circle for me in my life and how I dealt with that. There's so many songs out there that I, I love. But just to name a few, uh, Rise and Decolonize, Womb to the Tomb. Um, Chain Smoke was probably my ultimate favorite because it was a very um, non-traditional style of rap. It was basically, I think I did like 90 bars straight through or something. Like there was no, there was no hook. There was, it was just Sister Hillstone going raw for 90 bars, like straight through nonstop no takes and so that was probably like one of my favorites because you know even with music there's always like structure and construction of how it should sound like and you need this many bars and if you ask anyone that's made music for me I'm very known for like breaking that rule and being like you said 24 I got 26 I'm going to fit this, these other we'll two make bars it work. in there. <laughs> yeah, you said 16, dude. I got like 18 bars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I was, I was known for like just spitting and making it work and making it fit, you know, because sometimes it's like you want to cut those two sentences. Those are the two most powerful sentences you have in your song. <laughs> but yeah. it's at the end and it's not fitting in the right. traditional, you know, measurement. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, if what's the point of being the artist if you can't break the mold and do yeah. things different, right? Because <laughs> yeah. that's the big part of being creative is that it's it shouldn't all conform to one set idea of what it looks like. And I, I have always loved that about your art too. And, you know, and seeing you perform, you know, you always just like rocked the stage and had such presence. And, you know, I'm I'm really glad that we got to sit down and chat a little bit today. And this is Chainsmoke off the album 14 Halfway to Ab 28, Sister Hailstorm. Physical tension to weasels, muscles that stiffen, emotional highly driven, fast paced. 
confusion runs through his astral wave, no type of trace. Contact to the being who's not aware that once, once cured spirit doesn't let destruction cause blood rush eruptions. Thoughts flush out and looks at vibes. Strong no tears in my eyes. Release iron eyes. Smoke prayers in the atmosphere. Sharpen words, stabbing open ears. Bleed from a puncture of words. Dizziness swerve. Staying alive. Rough part of town, city of drive-bys. Blinded minds, corporate America. Alluring you in the pits. Omega's new revolution. Youth seek man-made illusion. Our elders rise. Open your eyes. Fight back. Even through raps, verbal attacks. Bombs clash horizons. Gorillas out on the creek. Seven generations deep. Under repression, suggestion signs from our land. Open energies. Ocelo, where with they old drag. While fire burning cities. No pity for lost souls. Two worlds, lines cross. Spirit of old hops. Transporting messages. Living amongst culture clones. Eating us alive. Shadows of disappearing acts. Whatever happened to facts. Destroyed in the past. Decades, centuries before that. The real prophet scroll in astrology. Align our thought not seen. Mother feed me reality. Split personalities, dualities, two lives. Dark but bright. Happy struggling. Work it out. Follow your heart. Pinpoint like a dart on a map. See aftermath. Heaven supreme. Bliss, ecstasy. People down south. Mexico. Guatemala, El Salvador, Panama, Ecuador, Cuba, Africa, to what north, Canada, ya basta, tired of dying, falling stars in concrete jungles, catch them quick, symptoms of the sick, diagnosis rich, shape shift, teleport, premonition deduce, effect impressions produced on a spectre operative, physical phenomenon, disembodied conservations, hail storm invasion, platoon conquest, defeat, defreeze, moonshot, outer life, universe, natural satellites, Human race, earth, flesh, homo sapiens, combat against artificial anthropoid, humanoid, mobilized men, slayers, brand their martial military men, moderation, self-restraint from truth, life, connections of our ancestors, old ways, spiritual sweats and ceremonial days, teachings from the almighty doctrines, shaman's revolution, Aztec gods, get a boa, serpent, snake, metamorph, lord, vets, galipoca, god of smoke and mirrors, reflections of past generations, trails of tears, global warming under this burning sun. Avenge, vindictive, disposed to seek revenge Against this man-made virus Spiritual warfare just begun Terrorizing the innocent minds of birth New beginning of life on this earth Balanced out, death, dead, fatality Vanished in the midst of nuclear bombs Depleted uranium Stigmatized, seven heavens Myth of earth, flesh and living souls Expanded those gates to a better place Leaving behind discrimination of a race Oppression features oppressions covers the face of a walking worker When will it end? Never again forced to breathe Organisms developing disease Growth and development Organic speed to survive Spirituals, rituals, earth day blessings Equinox, roots, rock, essence of a tribal drum Gatherings of all nations Conquering revelations Apocalypse now and not then Stories when our native families tried scout heads Beware ahead, caution warning, center of the core, fourth round, open doors to open minds, body and spirit, dictators of the mass spirit, hear it, massive combustion, heart filled love eruptions, to slaughter corruptions from wicked sorcerers, casting the spells, wild savage natives singing descendants, ancestral chants, to send them back to hell, home to the demons broke out the shell, mangled at the beginning of this birth, just like our people at the start of life on this earth, many prophecies under the dirt, climax to reach the highest point of cultivation and unification, together we stand strong perceptions of the red road expand, prayers of healing in four directions to our skies with open hands, one nation one love, one family, one nation one love one family, one nation one love one family Hey, what's up everybody? Yaoi Yate this is Sister Hailstorm. You're tuning in to KBU Portland Radio. Check it out, live and direct. On July 17th of 2017, Sister Hailstorm was a victim of a violent hate crime in Corona, California. She was violently attacked by a white male three times her size and weight with a knife. After calling her racist, homophobic slurs, he attacked her. He attacked her with the intention of killing her because of her race and sexual preference. Being a native, openly gay, strong woman doesn't give any man or person the right to hurt someone and physically assault them. 
She did what she needed to do, and that was to save her life by doing what came naturally for her, and that is martial arts and self-defense. She survived, but with many bodily injuries due to the size and weight of this individual. She was left with severe swelling and bruising inside her throat, a severe concussion, both knees with internal damage, and several injuries to her back, which she now has to go to physical therapy for. She has been suffering from heavy depression, isolation, anxiety, and PTSD. Now, this has been a problem going on throughout our nation, not just recently with the elections, but even before. And so I just want to ask our community to take a moment and consider reaching out to Sister Hailstorm through donations and support, because that is such a huge factor in helping people heal. You're, you're working on a fundraiser because of the incident that happened in the parking lot where, you know, medical bills are real, um, bills in general are real, and I know that had a real-world impact on your life. People who want to um, support you and help out with the cause, um, where can they go? If uh, you go to the Recovery for Sister Hailstorm on GoFundMe, um, you can also go to my Facebook page. I have it on my Facebook page. There's a link. I have uh, links on my Twitter as well, which is under Sister Hailstorm. Uh, my Facebook is under uh, my April Santana. They apparently didn't want my native name on there. I had to like recreate a whole new account because there was a thing for a while where if you were using your native name, like they just would delete your account or freeze it and suspend it. And so I, I had went through this whole thing when I had just my native name. Um, but if you look up on my Facebook, it's uh, April Santana. You'll find you'll find me there with the links to my story, um, the link to my GoFundMe. Um, there's there's a whole post of everything that went on and uh, just, just information on what's going down. I'm constantly putting updates. Uh, I'll put live video feed if I'm going to court, you know, just requesting uh, prayers and giving support to everyone out there that's that's going through something. Right now, I feel like we have so much tragedy and, and heavy-heartedness in our country and our world, not just from natural disasters, but just the rage that's going on right now. It's it's existed, but right now it's being promoted and encouraged by like the head of the state of our country, and it creates um, major, major violence and disruption and hatefulness within our communities where we, we may have not seen them before directly in our community, and now it's there. Now it's, it's the openness of people feeling confident to display amounts of violence and hatefulness towards other individuals that they may not agree with their lifestyle or how they look and um, it's unfortunate and it's something that's going on right now so I want to encourage everyone to, to share their story, to, to speak up and to unify with everyone out there that's in support of change, you know um, so yeah, if you go to my Facebook you'll find all the links to my GoFundMe um, me and my wife are really just trying to get back on our feet and get back to doing what we love doing, and that's giving back to our community, living healthy and promoting healthy living within our communities um, through education, through art, and through just you know finding a career path for everyone out there that's that has no hope and that they have talent or skill to do something like they can make it it's just about being encouraged to so right now i feel it's 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 very important for everyone to encourage positivity growth and restoration within our within our environments and our families because um there's just so much going on especially with the fires that happened up north in northern california as well um, so many people lost their homes. Uh, a lot of native tribes out there, their you know their reservations were affected and burnt down. Um, some of my close brothers and their relatives out in the Pomo Nation in Northern California were affected by these fires and completely lost their homes. Um, so there's a lot going on, and I just wanted people to feel empowered to speak out and to ask for help. For me, that was probably the hardest thing because I have been such a successful person and an independent person and someone who works hard 
through and through to receive the things that I have, it was very difficult to humble myself and say, this is what happened to me. I, I'm, I need help right now. I need help just to live, to keep my home, to pay my bills, to get back to 100% so I can give back and help others that have helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably the most difficult thing that I think anyone will struggle with is actually speaking out and asking for help. Um, but right now, I have no choice and I feel like it's part of my healing and it actually has helped me to see that how many of my friends and family and people that have supported my music, fans, I've had fans that written me and, and donated to my cause and, and to helping me get back to recovery by just writing me and say, hey, Sister Hillstorm, I'm a fan of yours. I've been following your music for years. You have helped me in my life. Your music has changed my life. Here, I'd like to give you back something. You know, for me, that helped me to start break out of the funk and the depression I was going through. I felt for like the past three months, I had a blanket of hate covering me. To know that I, I don't encourage violence upon anyone for being who they are, um, even if I don't agree with their beliefs or their political beliefs or whatever it is, I don't encourage that. And to see that, you know, someone wanted to just really have me not exist anymore because I am a strong, open, two-spirited woman. Um, it was hard. It was yeah. really difficult, and I felt for a minute no one cares. Who's going to care? You know, why would I tell anyone about what happened to me? Do they even care? Because I felt like right now the world was just not giving a fuck about anything that was going on, and and it wasn't true. When it came to the point where I was starting to get back into my prayer and really give it up to Creator and the medicine and the the ways that I know, it showed me like people do care. And then when I decided, me and my wife sat down and talked and I said, you know what, I'd been out of the scene. People had been trying to contact me. I wouldn't respond. I wouldn't leave my house. we decided, you know, it, it's time for us to tell people what really happened and, and why they haven't heard from me. And especially because I'm always such an outgoing vocal person and everyone knows me for being happy and smiling. Um, they couldn't understand, like, why I just disappeared. And it, it, it does affect us all. The most happiest people can get hit with depression can get hit with post-traumatic distress disorder, you know, PTSD is real, you know, um, I'm a a living product of that right now, and um, healing is a big part of that, and with me, like they say, uh, takes a tribe, Mm -hmm. and I reached out to my tribe, which is my community, and everyone that has ever experienced my music, worked with me, talked with me, even been at the same event with me, you know, I... I got to see that I am important and my voice is important and it should never be silenced. And it, part of healing is asking for help. And I want people to know that, especially young people, they, they need to ask for help. There are people out there that love them and care for them and will help in any way they can. And I, even for people that couldn't donate, I, I thank them from the bottom of my heart and just said, Please share my story. Spread the word. Spread awareness. Let people know what's going on. I want people to know that how close it is to our homes now. Mm-hmm. How close these hate crimes, these vi- this violence, this type of encouragement by people that are in a higher position that should be encouraging our country to build itself up in a positive manner. How close it's hitting us now, you know, and... So I reached out and I was answered and and I I give thanks to Creator and everyone out there that really listened to me because it helped me break out of my major depression that was I was having. I had even got suicidal at, at a point in time where I was like, Do I even matter? Like this fool's trying to kill me. You know, I'm on my way into work. Because I, I believe in transformation. That's why I got into the work that I do. Because I love seeing transformation. 
I saw it in myself and I know that it exists and you have the capability to do it if you push and you're willing to change. And when everything happened, I felt like this wasn't the first time that I had been attacked for being gay and for being native. And uh, this time it was at a higher caliber. And I, it really took me back to, um, to what I've learned and studied over the years. And that's what saved my life. You know, martial arts saved my life. And it, it's real, you know. Uh, hate crimes are real in America. And we see them on our TV all the time. And when you experience them firsthand directly, it's, uh, it's the pain you feel is unimaginable. The not just physical, but the emotional, mental part of it of like, wow, did this just happen right now at nine in the morning? Am I fighting for my life on my way into work? And then the process after that, you know, a lot of people forget there's a whole process to prosecuting someone. You know, you have to go through the court system and you have to see that person over and over again and you have to relive what that person did to you over and over again. And the day you give up and the day you stop speaking clearly and speaking directly about what really happened is the day you lose your fight, is the day that person gets away. And I... I decided and I knew I couldn't let this person get away because he could only go out and hurt more people. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I decided, hey, it's time to speak up. Let me ask for help and get the support I need to get me through this process. Well, I'm well, thankful for your training and I'm so glad that you were able to survive that incident and also so sorry that that happened to you in the first place. You know, and um, thank you for this message to, to others, like that it's real. It's not just some fiction on social media about what's going on in the country at large, that it affects individuals, and it's happening daily. And if we don't speak out, fight back, get involved, and stop it, it will continue uninterrupted. And I'm like I said, I'm, I'm glad that you're here with us. I'm glad that you're okay. And I thank you so much for just sharing your light, your wisdom, your art, and your beautiful spirit with the community, with the wider world at large. Um, you are truly a gift and an incredible, incredible woman. And I'm so glad that, that I know you. So thank you so much. Thank you. So are you. So for your time and everything, I, I appreciate you. To help out, you can reach out to April Santa Ana. April, like the month, S-A-N-T-A, Anna, A-N-N-A, or Sister Hailstorm, S-I-S-T-A-H-A-I-L-S-T-O-R-M. Thanks for tuning in to KBOO Portland and Poetic License. I'm Teria Autry, and until next time, peace, light, love. Black market, concrete, indigenous, gonna clap on it. See what's on the move, ovarian clock, we're from the womb. Writer of the storm, original Decepticon, one of the many indigenous reaching new heights. Dark skin, long hair, good looking, brown sugar, fly tight. Baking off that Girl Scout cookie, temperatures on high. She rock flows, keeping it hot when I rhyme. Exquisite, superb, something the yes, sublime. No scandalous to the 206, breaking you off with the proper ill mix. Put your hands in the air. If you feel this from the front to the back, back. It's a war zone outside, chaotic raindrops. KBOO Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of the Robin Jackson Portland album release with The Colin Trio on November 11th at 9pm at the Secret Society in Portland. Award-winning singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist Robin Jackson is releasing his second solo record that draws upon the moody spirit of his rain-soaked Portland home to create an eclectic brew of dreamy folk pop, cinematic indie rock, and enigmatic storytelling. The Colin Trio will also be featured. Again, that's the Robin Jackson Portland album release with the Colin Trio on November 11th at 9 p.m. at the Secret Society, 116 Northeast Russell Street in Portland. More information is available at kboo.org.
www.ebb.fm on the right-hand side of the homepage under Community Events. KBOO Community Radio is proud to present David Barsamian, Resistance in the Age of Trump, on Sunday, November 12th at 7 p.m. at the Clinton Street Theater in Portland. Journalist, author, and activist David Barsamian will be speaking about the broad coalition in opposition to the Trump administration, which includes activists from a range of causes, progressive Democrats, and concerned Republicans. He'll be reflecting on the core issues at stake today and why so many people from such a range of identities and perspectives are challenging the administration. Again, that's KBU Presents David Barsamian, Resistance in the Age of Trump, on Sunday, November 12th at 7 p.m. at the Clinch Street Theater. 2522 Southeast Clinton Street in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. And thus it begins. All right, all right, all right, right. Okay. Five, four, three, three. And thus it begins. A voice comes on the radio and tells you that you are listening to that voice. The voice refers to itself in the third person. A strange thing to say to a listener. And why not refer to the person who possesses the voice instead of simply calling the voice a voice? A second and a third voice can also be heard. Their words are coming out of your radio and into your brain. Many words to convey far too little information. And then, the first voice returns. The voice tells you that you are listening to KBOOFM Portland. The obligation to identify the station has been fulfilled. Such a peculiar way to say something when it could have just been said.